It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The first day of NFL scouting combine workouts is complete. And we saw the defensive line edge rushers and linebackers get out there run the 40, do the vertical and broad jumps, and also do positional drills. Tomorrow, they will end up doing the bench press before going home. Who stood out in a good way? And who struggled? We'll talk about that. We'll also discuss a couple of interesting Vikings tidbits, including the release of Alexander Madison and Kirk Cousins to the Falcons. Welcome to a special Combine review episode of The Real Fauno Show. Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run In Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. This one at a special night and time, talking about the NFL Scouting Combine. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, is producer Dave, and we are bringing on a special guest, somebody who knows the world of college football very well, especially those G5 prospects. As Dave gets everything set up, he is Kevin Fielder. He used to write for me at Vikings Wire, and he is now the managing editor of Every Man a Wildcat, the rival site for Kansas State. He is their publisher. Once we get him in here, we are going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk combine prospects, and we are going to talk about Alexander Madison. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, great first day of the combine. I think we can all agree on that one. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk. I, I want to start here because there's a lot of guys that I think we can talk about really impressing 
But I want to talk about Tavondre Sweat first because when you look at the relative athletic score, it's slightly under five. It's four point something. I can't remember the exact details. But I think we need to remember that for a size adjusted comparison, I think we might be talking about him as like a 70th percentile athlete, maybe even a little higher because 5.27 at 366 pounds is pretty absurd. Yeah, I, I think the thing is that when you're at 366 pounds, you're naturally going to run slower. You're naturally going to not mm-hmm. jump as high. You're naturally going to just like you're not going to be as athletic, but that's not his game either, right? Like he's not going to be yeah. the freak athlete who goes out there and, you know, runs the insane 40 yard time, but he's athletic for 366 pounds. And I think that matters a lot when you look at the way that he plays and the way that he helps out the the team. Like, I think that that is a good, a good way in and a good combine for him. The, the one concern I have is that he didn't weigh in at the senior bowl. And then when he goes to the NFL combine, he weighs in at the same weight that he weighed in at, you know, or, or played in at the season, according to people who covered him at Texas. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was really interesting in watching the broadcast. They brought it up and sweat had told, I think it was Stacy Dales that he didn't want his weight to be uh, the talking point of the combine, because let's be honest, when you're on those sidelines, there's a lot of conversation and discussion about this, that, and the other thing. And that would have been a huge topic of conversation. I think the unintended consequence there is we ended up just talking about why didn't he wait in in the first place? And that kind of manifests itself today as you brought up, Kevin, because it's like, I don't care if he weighs 360. I don't care if he weighs 380. Can you play the game? Can you play football at a high enough level to be able to do this, that, and the other thing to be successful in the NFL? To me, that is the big thing, and I think he can, and I think the athleticism that he showed today showed that he was he's good enough to do that. Yeah, and I think the encouraging thing was that he did it at that height, right? Or at that weight, rather, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like He wasn't at 390 pounds and ran slower, and then you have to question why he gained 20 pounds, right? Like He was able to maintain that weight and play well, and so the biggest thing, I mm-hmm. guess, is that he'll have to answer those questions on NFL teams, and if he could do that well, I, I see no problem with him being an early second or, or even sneaking the first round. Uh, yeah. Local uh, astrophysicist broke down the numbers and stuff that rocketry deals with. And I'm mm-hmm. putting it up on the screen. It's in force Newtons. And because of his size and his numbers comparable, the dude generates more force than anybody else in the defensive tackle range. And that's a simple physics. That's mass. So if he's got force and size, there's going to be very, very hard for people to push him out of the way. <clears throat> Think of uh, Garrett Bradbury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting. I like the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I still think he had the Kevin. He had the line of the combine. If you remember, I I asked him uh, questions. I'm like, and I I got a lot of like, oh, the canned answers didn't really want to answer questions about their defense because he played three technique about eighty percent of the snaps and lining up in the B gap at three sixty is really weird. But when you see Brian Byron Murphy the second play, it makes sense. But 
I asked him what NFL evaluators had kind of told him about what they expect from him at the next level. And he said, just go fuck shit up. And I thought that was all time, all time. I'm like, all right, you rule, dude, you rule. And let me tell you, I think he can. Uh, it's he's a very intriguing prospect, but I want him to get a little lower with his pat level. If he can do that, sky's the limit. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is like I don't know if NFL teams will want him to play 366. And so I wonder if he gets down to 340 or, or 350 even. Like that's 16 pounds mm-hmm. lower. How does that help pad level? How does that help athleticism? Like I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see because I doubt an NFL team is looking at him at 366 pounds and going, that's what we want him to play at in the NFL because uh, you know, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but I doubt there are many zero techs or, or three techs if they're going to play him at three tech in the next level, which yeah. I don't think so. But, uh, you know, I doubt there are many that are upwards of 370. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But let's kind of get to some of the standout guys because we, we don't want to be here super, super long here tonight. It is already 830 on a Thursday. Dallas Turner and Chop Robinson, Jared Verse, Laiatu Latu. Some really impressive combine performances. And I want to start with Latu because I don't think anybody really expected him to test like a hyper athlete. He ran in the mid four sixes and that was under his combine prop of 4.69. And I was very worried about that number. And I stayed away from it specifically because I'm like, oh, that actually feels like a good number. I don't trust it either way. And he looked a lot more fluid. Uh, I think he jumped relatively well. He showed that he's a better athlete than we would have anticipated on tape. And I think that's a major positive for him moving forward. Yeah, the biggest thing was the athleticism. And then I think it was interesting yesterday. I don't remember who had reported it, but he had basically said that, you know, teams are not concerned about the medicals, right? And his big thing is the fact that he has those neck injuries and that we don't know if he can play long term. But the fact that he did that and was able to answer those questions and then come out and run like he did. He, he didn't show the most explosiveness on like the broad jump and the vertical, but it, it was fine. It was adequate. I think he was in the sort of the mid percentiles according to the relative athletic score. And so I think mm-hmm. for a, a guy who has some questions to answer about his athleticism, he answered them uh, and, and he answered them pretty well, uh, you know, all things considered. Yeah. And then you go to Dallas Turner. Look, I think we all expect him to be a really good athlete. I don't think any of us truly expected him to test like a freakazoid. That was <laughs> some really impressive stuff. Four, four, six in the 40, 40 and a half inch vertical. I think his broad was 11. Look, I still struggle with him as a football player. I think he just, he wasn't nearly as consistent and he tried just too much to win with power. And then when he, he didn't, he didn't really have any kind of counter punch. And with that explosiveness and speed, why are you not trying to win around the edge more? Maybe that's a Nick Saban thing and that'll manifest itself moving forward and it won't be an issue, but man, what a performance by Turner today. Yeah. I, I think this is a guy who you have to basically bet on him developing as a pass rusher. Right. But like you look at those physical traits that he, he showed power at the NFL or at the college level with Alabama he showed today that he's one of the most athletic edge rushers in this class. Uh, you know, I, I, we'll touch on him. I, I guarantee it. But, you know, he's probably not as athletic as Chop Robinson, but, you know, he's still super athletic. And I think when you look at a guy like that, right, like in the first round, I don't think that's an awful pick because he's at least shown that he can be a day one contributor. And he's not my mm-hmm. top edge rusher in this year's class, but 
I mean, I'm taking a guy like that in the first round. I'm betting on that athleticism. I'm betting on that power. And I'm betting on all of that sort of combining into being a consistent NFL player, even if it takes a little bit of time. Does the testing from Chop Robinson, even though we knew he was a freaky athlete and we knew what kind of first step he had, does that change your perception on his future at all? Because sometimes when it comes to testing, you know, okay, this guy's a really good athlete. But then when you see the numbers, it's like, all right, now I have everything confirmed and I can feel a little bit more confident and maybe bump him up a little bit. You're not going to bump a guy up like four rounds because he runs in the four twos. That's that. That's not how the process works. But every data point matters and collectively helps you make that final evaluation. Did Chop change for you at all today? He did a little bit. Uh, you know, I think heading into the combine, I had him as a later, like, like a later first round pick because I have some general concerns about his run defense, uh, I think at least early on. I think what he showed today is that that athleticism that he showed on tape is real, right? And this isn't a guy who's got play speed because he plays in college and he's just more athletic than everyone else on that defense. No, he's an athletic freak in nature. And, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about guys who, you know, you, you want to confirm the the beliefs, I think, is, is the biggest thing about the combine is you don't want to sit here and go, uh, you know, this guy is fast because he only runs well on a 40 yard dash, but you know, he plays really fast and he ran really fast. That's confirming what we already believed on tape. And that's huge for him. And I think the inst- as well showing the explosiveness, I mean, that's a guy who like, I think NFL coaches are going to go. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can develop the run defense. I can develop the play strength. I can't teach that athleticism. And you, frankly, you can't. No, you can't. And the, the last guy from that edge group that I think really needs to be discussed Jared verse four, five, nine forty and jumped well. Uh, and I think there were some athleticism questions in the fact that, okay, is this guy a, a great athlete or is he just a solid athlete? Because a lot of his game is power and he, he runs right at you and he can knock you down like Mike Tyson. And that's a massive benefit, but where does the athleticism come in? How much of it is just pure strength? How much of it is built in with that athletic profile? And I think he proved that he is maybe not the best athlete in this class, but way more than capable and worthy of that first round pick. Yeah, I think today he showed that he's an athlete and he's not going to be the guy who runs the 4-3 or 4-5 or anything wild, right? But he's going to be the guy who has that quick explosiveness, has the get off, has the power with him, has the size. Like he checks a lot of the boxes that you want out of an edge rusher. The biggest concern is does that translate onto the football field for him and I think it was Luke Braun who had mentioned that, you know, I think there's some concerns about a stance in college mm-hmm. and, you know, you can clean that up pretty easily. That's not something that I'm going to take a guy off the draft board for, but you know, he's a guy who needs to be cleaned up. And if you can clean up some of those issues, you got a football player and you got a guy who can be a multi-sack guy because man, I, I watched the combine. I watched the way that he plays. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of athleticism and those kind of things combine. To, to build at least, at the very least, a really good complementary edge rusher. But I think he has the potential to be the, the lead guy on a defense. Before we kind of move on to the other positions and then obviously the Vikings news of the day, which will finish off the show, I thought it was really, really disappointing to see Austin Booker almost not show up in the 40-yard dash. When you watch him on film, he looks really quick and explosive. And it was almost like, he just didn't have it at all today. I, I'm flabbergasted. I thought he would run 
four fives, maybe sneak into that four four range, but probably finish around four five five, four six. He runs a four eight and a four eight one. What happened, do you think? Because it what we saw today was not what I thought was on tape. Yeah, I I don't know because I agree with you. Like the thing that I thought he had was the athleticism and the burst and the the explosiveness in the first step. And today it just looked like he was slower. So I don't know if it was a bad day. I don't know if he was running hurt. Like there are a lot of things that could be happening, and those are questions that may never get answered. But I thought the ten yard split was okay, but for a guy who's built his game around his athleticism, that's not a 10 yard split. That's having me run to the table to acquire him. And so I, you know, I think his, his pro day is going to answer a lot of questions and the big 12 is doing a, a joint pro day this year. So he'll be in front of every NFL scout. And I, I think that's going to be huge for him. And he's got to prove that the combine was just a bad day because you're, you're going to have bad days, but you can't have a bad day and then go to the pro day and also have a bad day because that's going to push mm-hmm. you down draft boards, especially for a guy like him who only played, I think, 500 snaps throughout his college career. Like, there's not a lot of tape to back it up. No, there isn't. It, was it? Were there any other edge rushers that really stood out to you today in any way? Because I thought there were some good testers, but I, who stood out? I... I Jackson Hunt, the Houston Christian guy, uh, the Houston Christian edge rusher, he was at the Senior Bowl, and he was impressive at the Senior Bowl. But, man, that's really good athleticism for a guy. And I had sort of joked that, like, he's my Chop Robinson, right, like the athletic pass rusher that I'm going to fall in love with. Uh, Look, uh, Chop Robinson's a better football player by far than Hunt is. But Hunt's an impressive player, and he's going to, I think, be a late pick. He's not going to be a guy who probably goes on day one or day two, but you know, a day three edge rusher that you look and you're trying to develop. That's a guy who, you know, it may take a redshirt year, may take some time to sort of improve his pass rush plan and improve his traits, but it's all there to be a good pass rusher. It may just need some, some tender loving care. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how this second, third, fourth tiers of pass rushers, including guys like Hunt who just test, pretty well to kind of see how that manifests. Let's move on to defensive tackles. And we already talked about Tavondre Sweat to kind of kick off the show because I thought that was really important to discuss the relativity and the size adjustment of something like the relative athletic score, which is going to be all over the place on Twitter and used by evaluators across the world. So I want to start with Braden Fisk. What a performance from him. And it makes it makes him an even more difficult evaluation because he tested out, I believe, a 99.7th percentile athlete, sixth overall out of like 1600 defensive tackles. But he's 24 years old and he's got T-Rex arms. How uh, how does his performance today change anything for you? I think it moves him up the board. I'm still not ready to put him in first round conversation because as you mentioned, those arms are just a concern, right? Like I don't think it's a concern to the sense of like, he's not going to be able to be an NFL player because look, man, you can't teach that athleticism. Like, like we were talking about with Chop Robinson, you can't teach a guy who's that athletic and he's that athletic on film. He's disruptive. He had a great senior bowl. Like he's killing the pre-draft process. And I think you're going to have a conversation of him being one of the top guys taken at the start of day two. Uh, you know, I think that you look at some of those early teams in the top 10 of the second round, 
there's going to be a team, I think, that falls in love with that skill set, especially when you look at that athleticism, you look at the production in college, like he checks a lot of the boxes and he killed the pre-draft process. That guy's going to be moving up draft boards. Yeah, 100%. And it, it just, you run like that. And it, it wasn't like, hey, he was laboring. That dude was just moving. And it felt almost like effortless watching him run that, even though you could tell he was like gritting his teeth and really putting everything he had to into it. It was a very unique run I, in that aspect, I'd say, but awesome. I want to talk about Darius Robinson because I think everybody here knows how much I love Darius Robinson and he tested with the edge rushers. I think that was a big mistake because he was the slowest of the edge rushers and at 286 pounds, it's six, five. I I mean, the time wasn't phenomenal. I think, I think his final time was four, eight, seven, which I mean, it's still relatively slow, but for like a guy that I would project out to play five technique, I don't think that's very bad. I think that's that's more than capable because a guy who weighs only like fifteen pounds more than he did in Byron Murphy ran a four eight eight. Like I can live with that. Well, like where are you at with, with a guy like Robinson? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I think he's a guy you're going to have to trust the trust the evaluation on, especially because of the decision he made to go test with the edge rushers. And I, I don't know if that was his decision. I don't know how that works. Like, I'm not going to admit that I know how it works in terms of choosing what position mm-hmm. you participate at the combine app. But, you know, his RAS score is just going to be lower. And I haven't looked. Uh, I think credit to Kentley Plate, who uh, built RAS. Mm-hmm. Like, you're able to go in and you're able to change the position. So I will go yeah. in and I'll see what it looks like at defensive tackle. But he's a guy who's just going to have to find a role in the NFL. And I think the biggest question mark is the athleticism isn't really there. Like it wasn't really there on tape either. It was okay on tape. And mm-hmm. so with that athleticism and that size, like what is that role? I don't really know, but the tape is disruptive, man. And for a guy who I'm taking day two or day three, like or day two, like yeah. round two, round three, I can buy into that. I, I can buy into that. It may just need to be a, a certain like defensive coordinator. I, I he needs to fit the scheme kind of thing. So I just pulled it up. Uh, Kent is a, actually has him as a defensive tackle with what he posted. Okay. 9.64 81st percentile, 10 yard split. Sorry. Hold, I'm going to pull it up. Yeah. 84th percentile, 20 88th percentile, uh, full 40 at uh four nine uh four nine five 
which yeah, I thought he test. I thought cool. he was better than four nine five, but still at six five two eighty five, I can live with that with ninety eighth percentile vertical and eighty fifth percentile broad, which shows that explosiveness from the hips, as we talked about yesterday with JP. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to translate to the NFL, and I'm I'm glad mm-hmm. that Kent has him as a, a defensive tackle because I think his best fit is as like the three four defensive end. Or like a three tech. I, I just don't think he can be a, a edge rusher in a four three or as a stand up edge in the NFL. Yeah, I agree completely. And one guy I want to talk about before we kind of wrap up defensive tackle and kind of see who else you really liked. How about Makai Wingo? I thought Wingo really showed out today. I mean, he's only a, he's a flat six feet essentially, two hundred eighty four pounds. The the splits were nuts. Eighty fifth percentile vertical, seventy seventh percentile broad. But 96th percentile 10 yards split, 95th percentile 20, 96th percentile full 40 as a three technique. I'm a little concerned about the size on an overall level, but you can't argue those those testing numbers. No agility drills, though, which I think is a little bit of a red flag. It's a red flag, but it is a red flag that I think whether that was because he was hurt, like, again, there's a lot of things of like, are guys hurt? Are they not fully prepared for it? So I wonder if he'll run at the, uh, at his pro day and maybe fix those, but I want to see those agility drills before I really place a, Mm -hmm. a consensus on him. But in terms of today's performance and what he did today, yeah, he checks a lot of boxes and he's going to be a guy that I think is going to move up draft boards as a day three player. Like there aren't a lot of good interior defensive linemen on day three, at least for me, he's going to be a guy. I think I'd bang the table for. Yeah. Uh, I'm very intrigued to kind of, I haven't got eyes on Wingo yet or Mason Smith. Mason Smith had an interesting day testing for being such a large human. So I'm really intrigued to get there. Anybody else on the defensive line that really stood out to you, Kevin? Cause it was, it was a very interesting group of players today. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some guys, defensive line in particular, who stood out. I I don't know if there was anyone who were like real standouts who I, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but like I don't think there was someone who was like a a real like checks a lot of boxes. I think there were guys who had good days. Like I think Lovett, the the Florida State uh defensive tackle, the other one had a really good day. Uh but I, I don't know if that's like I don't even think he ran, so I think there's still some question marks there. But size wise, like he checks that bucket and then he he participated in the uh, in the on-field drills and looked good in those. So I, he's a guy who I have to go back and watch a little bit more because I sort of focused on Verse and Fisk and just sort of mm-hmm. I not really neglected him, but just didn't make a lot of notes on him. So he's going to have to be someone I have to go back and, and watch a little bit closer. No, I agree completely. Before we move on, Dave, the big round bellies, edge rushers, defensive linemen, anybody that stood out in a major way to you while watching this? Oh, I was just enjoying the move around. Fisk, like you said, had a good athletic day. Uh, his problem is the short arms. Um, mm-hmm. It's I did very much like seeing Chop tear things up. And I watched him in the agility drills, and he was just as dynamic there. So it's, I don't think he's going to be to us at 42 if we wait that long. Unfortunately, I think somebody's going to take him away before that. I, I, I thought, because I know we use the PFF simulator and Trevor is much lower on chop than I think is what's going to happen in the draft. And I'm much higher on him than what's going to happen in the mm-hmm. draft. Let's just be real. I, I don't think second round was ever 
a logical spot for Chopper Robinson. I just think that first step is so elite and so rare that you're going to see that guy going round one, even if you believe he has a flawed uh, approach in the running game and isn't quite advanced enough as a pass rusher. You get something like that and you just be like, hey, I know I can trust you to go zoom, zoom, and we'll, we'll continue to develop the rest. So the, now, to me, second round was never a, an, op, an option. Now, guys like Fisk that were very athletic and fast in the 40 and stuff like that, that does not necessarily pertain to how good they play football or will play football at the mm-hmm. next level. People have got to be aware that you have to mm-hmm. be able to take the package, the whole package, and be able to block, shed blocks, move, do other things like yep. that. And what we saw today were just physical tests that can apply, but sometimes do not if the player doesn't have it 100% upstairs and with technique and everything else. But it's fun to watch. No, it is 100% fun to watch. And you know who was fun to watch, Kevin? Peyton Wilson. 4-4-3 at 6-4, I believe, 236. He was flying out there. Yeah, I just, my my thing with him is like, I, I even thought this when he ran, it was like, man, yeah, he's fast. But those injuries, they, they keep haunting in the back of my mind. And I, I don't really want to focus on that right now because when you have a performance like that, you made yourself money. And the biggest thing is that you made yourself money when you go run the 4-4, you go measure it at 6-4, 235 or whatever he was at. Like That makes you money, and he's going to be a guy who's going to climb up draft boards. And I think talent-wise, he's probably the most talented linebacker in this class for me, but the, the talent needs to be uh, supplemented with the injury concerns being answered. And I don't have access to their medicals, so it's possible mm-hmm. that he answers those during the medical testing, but the film is there of a guy who's just disruptive, powerful, athletic. Uh, in terms of modern-day linebackers, he could be a modern-day linebacker if he stays healthy, who could be a multi-year starter and a multi-year high-level starter in the NFL. Absolutely agree. And I think uh, another guy that kind of stood out a little bit, and I haven't watched him in full, but Jeremiah Trotter looked pretty good out there, uh, being able to kind of move with some fluidity and I still have concerns on an overall scale before I dive into the all 22 with some of the past coverage. I know they highlighted the zone drops. It's not the zone drops that I'm worried about it. It's having to man up and take on running backs and tight ends. Anybody else that really stood out to you, this linebacker group, Kevin, because it's, it's a very weird group. There's people that like Edron Cooper had some love junior Colson. I, I don't know if Colson actually tested today. I don't remember seeing him run at all. So it's possibly did. I'll have to go back and look at every linebacker. But uh, Tyler, you may know how to pronounce this name because I frankly don't. The the Washington linebacker, I don't even want to try because I know I'm going to mispronounce it. Edifuan Ulofashio. Of course you know how to pronounce it. I I had no yep. doubts in my mind you knew how to pronounce that. Uh, you want to talk about making yourself money. That guy made himself some money with, with that athleticism, with that profile. He, he checked a lot of the boxes. He's not the biggest, but he's among the fastest. He's among the most mm-hmm. explosive. Uh, I He's a guy who I now have to watch a little bit more because I, I just didn't watch him a lot. Uh, I haven't gone to the, the Washington defense yet, but I he's, he's on the list of guys I need to start watching. And then 
a guy that I love, uh, and Tyler's heard his name, I think, more than once from me, is Jordan McGee, the the Temple mm-hmm. linebacker. He's a guy who – I have a rule with guys who are a little bit lower on the board. If I have five plays of you, you need to show me that you can be good in five plays. I turned his film on. He had two plays, and I went, yep, this is an NFL player. Even if he's a day two pl- or a day three player who is sort of limited on defense, uh, he made Temple defense fun to watch. And frankly, if you know anything about that Temple defense, that wasn't that 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 wasn't fun to watch this year. So he, he made Temple defense fun, and he's a guy who like I urge people if they can find a way to watch him, he's a guy who you need to watch because that is a a guy who's going to be a late round pick who impresses some people as a rookie. I think. Yeah. And- I'm very intrigued to kind of see how this linebacker class will manifest in the draft just because linebacker is proving to be come almost a premium position because of how important those second level defenders are becoming in today's NFL, especially with the advent of it focusing on too high coverage to be able to really limit a lot of those deep shots. So you got to be able to handle the middle of the field pretty well. And the top four teams that uh, finished in, in the top four, well, they all have got pretty good linebacker cores. So It'll be interesting to see. Um, we're going to move on to some Vikings tidbits, but I want to answer Blowfish's question. Any Gophers worth watching at the Combine? It's Tyler Newbin, the safety. You're going to want to watch Newbin. Brevin Span for the tight end will be interesting, especially with his height. I'm interested to see how he jumps. I'm really interested to see how he jumps because I want to see how explosive he can be because that's going to tell me a lot as a blocker and how what he was able to do at Minnesota is going to translate because he is a stick. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. He was a mauler as a blocker at Minnesota, but it's it's a different beast in the NFL. Even though the Big Ten is, it's really good competition. Yeah, I, I, right. I like Newman a lot. He's my safety one. Yeah, I, I think Newman one up my safety one too. But that'll come in time. Let's talk about Alexander Madison, Kevin. It's a very interesting thing right now with Madison because. He was, it was announced by Adam Schefter earlier tonight that he was going to be released. And initially we thought it was only $600 in cap savings. And my initial thought was, okay, if they're cutting him, then they must have some offset language. So if somebody signs up, it's like a $2 million deal. They get $2 million in return on the salary cap. Well, then Jason Fitzgerald of over the cap said that the Vikings were saving 3.35 million. And I'm, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Because there is never any reporting that this wasn't anything other than a full guarantee. And then all of a sudden, everybody came out. It's not a full guarantee. And Fitzgerald himself even said, oh, I just forgot to update the player page when I found out that all the reporting was wrong. If you found out all the reporting was wrong, then why aren't you just saying it right away? That it, That's what I would do. This whole thing was very weird. But at the end of the day, Madison wasn't good enough to stay on that contract. Now the Vikings have an, an even bigger need at the running back position. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, they they tried it with Alexander Madison. They they tried to see if he could develop into a starter. It didn't happen. I, I give them credit for realizing when it's time to get off the contract and go find a change of, uh, you know, a different running back. Uh, he had his moments as a backup, but, you know, the Vikings are looking for a starter. And if you're looking for a starter, Alexander Madison isn't that. The, the cap savings makes it certainly more a little bit more manageable because I think for me, if it was a, a $600,000 savings with $4 million dead cap, 
I think I'd be in the boat of, you know, the contract was bad in the first place. You should have given it. But Mm -hmm. I mean, if you end up losing very little in terms of money for, for dead cap, then I'm not really too concerned about the, the, the contract being given last year when they were looking for answers at running back. Yeah. I, I thought the contract last year was bad and it's less bad now, but it was still bad. 700 yards, zero touchdowns. And look, touchdowns are inherently random, but the amount of opportunities he had at the goal line, he can convert none of them. I'd give him some grace. If he had like one, two, three. Okay. Touchdowns are very random and it's still hard to do in the NFL. But when you have those opportunities, you have to get one. I wish him all the best. He's a very nice human being. I interviewed him last year at a cornhole event and wrote a feature story on him. But you got to do more than that. Let's move on to Kirk Cousins because oh, that on. is what? You know he's going to go someplace else and run for 1,500 yards and score eight or nine oh, no, touchdowns. No, he Happens every year. He's, he's not good enough. Happens every year. <laughs> he's, not, uh, he's not good enough, unfortunately. The, the juice is just not there anymore. But I, I there will is say juice. real quick, Tyler. Yeah. Real quick, Tyler. I will say watch on the some of these top end free agent running backs. I think Minnesota will start spending some money on some of those guys. And hmm. I don't know if it's Saquon Barkley per se, but I don't know if it's the draft where they take this starting running back. I think you look at some of these Shanahan teams, I think it's free agency where they mm-hmm. they get that running back. And whether it's Barkley, Eckler, I know there's some other guys that are going to be solid players. Josh Jacobs. I, I think that may be Josh Jacobs if he's available. Like I think that may be where they go take take a running back, especially if they don't have that that cap hit at quarterback. It's gonna be really interesting to watch, and I will pound the table for Saquon Barkley, and I I will not feel ashamed. We're gonna finish up the show talking about Kirky Boy, Kirk Cousins. And all the rumors surrounding where he is going to end up going. It's a very interesting conundrum. And we've attacked this from so many angles. But this is where the combine becomes really important when it comes to talking about free agency. You get rumors. And a radio host, his name is Matt something from down in Atlanta. I think it's Matt Bell. Said that everybody he talked to, all the buzz is Kirk Cousins to Atlanta. And there's some steam that the blanks want this to happen. And they just want the quarterback position fixed. Nothing from Terry Fontenot. That doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just an important caveat to the whole situation. Let's be real. This is all rumors. They could, they could still go get Justin Fields. And that's a decently likely scenario. But Kirk Cousins to Atlanta has felt like a landing spot for some time, especially because Julie, his wife, is from Atlanta. And Kirk, Kirk would be playing in a dome again, which I believe is important to him. Um, somebody might have to fact check me on that, but I believe that's something that he does prefer. And they have a ready-made team to potentially compete. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl ready team, but they're at least a playoff ready team. And that's not even including the fact that they play in the NFC South, which is bad. It is a bad division. What do you think about these Kirk Cousins rumors, Kevin? I think you have to watch Atlanta first for any quarterback because, uh, you know, yesterday Raheem Morris basically came out and said that if there was a better quarterback in Atlanta, he wouldn't be standing up there as the head coach, the Atlanta Falcons. And mm-hmm. when a player or when a head coach goes up there and says that he's not thinking about their current head coach, right? Or their current quarterback, he's thinking about the future. And 
I think the two biggest names are probably Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. And, you know, Kirk, he has his problems. He's just a sort of a steady ship at this point, and he's a good steady ship. But I, I think potentially there's going to be the, the people in Atlanta who want to get the guy who connects with Atlanta uh, in Fields, who's from Kennesaw, who played high school down there, went to Georgia initially. Like, I, I can't keep getting past those things as a guy who Atlanta – will be looking at for their next head coach or quarterback. Excuse me. That's a good point in the Raheem Morris front. This is a team that desperately needs a quarterback. And I don't think they're too dissimilar from the Vikings in 2018 when they ended up signing cousins. It's not a one-to-one scenario, but the need to have a quarterback to really stabilize what's going on and be able to take them in hopefully to the next level. Can Kirk do that? We'll find out, especially because he's going to go into a brand brand new offense same scheme, but different person running it, which usually means different verbiage and different nuances with everything. And sometimes it can be harder to learn the same thing differently. It's like, uh, cause I know there's like multiple versions of Chinese and the most famous one is Mandarin. It's like going from Mandarin to uh, the other major form of Chinese, which I don't remember the name or going from Mexico to Spain which the how they speak in both countries is different. And then there's slang and then just little nuanced differences. That can be more difficult than learning a brand new language because you have everything so ingrained in your brain. So I'm, I, that would be intriguing as well. Dave, before we head out of here, what do you think about the Kirk Cousins stuff? Hey, I heard it reported that it's Arthur Blank himself that's insisting on Kirk Cousins be their quarterback. That's the owner's prerogative. They mm-hmm. can do that, you know, and they could screw it up or they could hit big with it. But he's up there in age, and if he wants to see Kirk Cousins be his quarterback, I suspect Kirk Cousins will be his quarterback. And supposedly he'll do anything to get him there, which means Kirk Cousins is going to get paid way more than the Vikings would ever dream of paying him. And that's a good thing. I wish him well. If that turns out to be the case, that he goes down there and is happy, him and his family are happy, and we move on to find, hopefully, our quarterback of the future. I hope so, too. And apparently, Ian Rappaport said that the Vikings were one of three teams interested in getting into the top three for that Mm -hmm. quarterback that came out a little bit ago. That shouldn't be a surprise in the slightest. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us, talking about the NFL Combine and all the little Vikings nuggets. Where can the people find you and your stuff? I know you've been on the show before, but you've had some life changes in, especially in a professional manner. Where can they find you in your work? Yeah, I did change my Twitter by or my Twitter handle. So it's now at rivals fielder. Uh, it's the best place to follow me. I don't really use any other social media. So I, I think that's probably the best place to find all my work and find all of my, my NFL takes. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks everybody for joining Dave and I will be back tomorrow to discuss everything that happened with day two of the combine, which is going to be defensive backs and tight ends. Defensive backs is going to be a position that you want to keep an eye on for the Minnesota Vikings on a broad level. And don't forget Saturday is the big dog and pony show quarterback wide receiver and running back. We will be there too. And then Dave and Darren will finish up all of our combine coverage on Sunday with two old bloggers at 4 p.m. Central Time. You won't want to miss any of it this week. From Kevin and Dave, I'm Tyler. Thank you for joining Skull Vikings. 
Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.